0: You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dockets on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Still in free agent hunt for a Premier League team. What
1: you got for me, Isaac Harris? It's been intense. I've been taking free agent meetings uh, over the past 24 hours on where my fan free agency will will lie at the end of this period I've requested I am really keeping a tight ship with my inner circle. I no leaks to the media as I kind of ponder this. But there, sources say that it could be a package deal. Yes. Yes. This, this team could be acquiring two fans. I, Nick I, and I've been talking about teaming <laughs> up to be fans for a team. So We've been
0: playing together on the AAU circuit and uh you know, we've been watching games together and uh you know, we're just ready to are ready to team up.
1: I will say Ari, <laughs> is it, is that kid's name Ari Abraham? <laughs> yeah. Ari Abraham tweeted out the sources says Nick and Isaac are leaning towards uh, man city. And that's just false. Cause man city's out. I'm sorry. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, we've already, we've already taken one out. Yeah, they're out. I got I tweeted out today. Nobody was suggesting them and then I asked why, and then people started sending me links of all this corruption and crazy stuff. And so I read some of them I'm like no, I'm out on them. Wait, which one? Man City? Man U? Man City. Man, Man City. City, the light blue okay. one. And so it anyway, is the Kobe team, right? <laughs> I'm that Kobe loves. Yeah. Man U has a lot of big time fans. So yeah. anyway, my criteria um One, people, I get the underdog story, I get it, and I like the underdogs typically, but I need, I want this to last, you know, like if I, if it's hard, it's going to be hard for me picking up a a brand new club team already, and if I don't know any of the players and they're not very good, it's going to be hard for me to really be invested early on, so, I can't I gotta root out I gotta kinda just cancel out some of these like deep dark horse teams, but I get that. So We also
0: don't want to start following a team that gets regulated in a couple years
1: or like in a year, you know? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. So basically they get sent to the G League. Oh no, we don't want a G League team. So Anyway, my criteria, and it's my criteria, so don't, I mean, whatever, people call it dumb, but one, they need to have some players that I know uh, that will be playing on the international stage that, and I only know probably about 20 to 25 players in the world, so preferably I need an American slash Brazilian, because that's the main soccer players that I follow. Two, they need to be decent. Okay, they need to at least be able to win some games. Have a shot at playing in their playoffs, whatever the playoffs is called over there.
0: If this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is absolutely a Dallas Mavericks podcast. We (laughs) we started this thing yesterday, and it got a lot of traction on Twitter. And so people have been really trying to tell us which... Uh, Premier League team, the soccer team that we should follow and be fans of. And we've wanted one for a while. And so now we're going through this process. So we will I'm talk getting about ready the Ma- Mavericks. <laughs> we will talk about the Summer League team. We will talk about Brad Townsend's piece. We will talk about uh, Russell Westbrook scenarios and trades and Mavs getting in on stuff. We absolutely will talk yes. about that. Uh, but we're just going to focus on this for right now because this <laughs> is very important.
1: For just a second, because I'm going to make a basketball analogy in just Ooh. a second. And then... And in in three, they need to be a a Nike team, all right? So because that means more to me uh, for a lot of things. So um, I have nailed my choices down or our choices down to three teams. Okay, I'm down. I'm down to three, and I'm gonna make two cuts right off the bat that could be disheartening. And I've got a lot of. I had a guy reach out to a a super big podcast for the Spurs. And told them that they need to sell me on the Tottenham Spurs. The to- yes, the, the Hot Tot- Spurs.
0: It's a bird the Hot apparently.
1: Spurs. And that podcast reached out and was like, "Hey, you should come on our podcast, and we'll make our pitch to you on the podcast to start to be fans of our team." I really like that effort. I'm sorry, I just can't be a, a fan of a team called the Spurs. Wow, just for name alone.
0: I'm sorry, I just can't. There do were it. so many people that reached out and said Tottenham would be a team that we would like, just I know. because of the Spurs name. Did just, Dirk's tweet that you found when he said he wanted the Hotspurs to lose that one game, did that sway you in any way?
1: It did play a part in Corruption. It, I
0: claim corruption.
1: I can't root against Dirk in that in that way, but it's just if I'm going to tweet about this and try to be an actual fan, I can't say Go Spurs. That I just can't tweet that, okay? I'm sorry. Is their slogan go Spurs go? I, can't, I don't know what it is, but I can't get there. I appreciate everything about. And guys, if you know anything about me, if LeBron James has any part of ownership stake in any team, I knew that I'm was out. Gone. And I knew I'm sorry. Liverpool is done. Liverpool. That was tough because they have some players I like. And I'm so like, you yeah, talk that would be-
0: from same as me, Liverpool.
1: <laughs> so, last thing before we move on the top three teams still left. Okay. We got three. Three teams Arsenal. Arsenal. Everton. Everton. And Chelsea. Chelsea. Those are the, those are the wow. bottom three. Those are the three that we'll choose from, hopefully, our next day or so. I'm still uh, doing re- – I'm actually really researching this because I, I, I'm i taking this very serious. I, will, I really want to get into this. I'm taking the Paul George
0: approach where I'm just going to go along with whatever Isaac says and just team up with him. He's the Kawhi and I'm the Paul George. <laughs> However, both my shoulders are fine. Actually, my shoulder did hurt the other day. So I was going to say,
1: not. are they? You're in your – uh, Ramona
0: Shelburne said today that uh, Paul George might miss the first couple weeks of the season because of that shoulder stuff.
1: Ooh, wow. Sorry. That's pretty that crazy. They're still better than the Lakers.
0: Even without Paul George?
1: Mm, definitely with Paul George. So for the
0: first two weeks of the season, the Lakers are the best team in the NBA, and then as soon as he comes back, <laughs> they're not.
1: I don't, still don't think they're the best team in the NBA without Paul George. The Lakers. Are. The Lakers? I forget how good
0: Anthony Davis was.
1: You think the Lakers are the best team in the league? With Outside 50. of the Clippers?
0: Uh, Yeah, who's better right now?
1: Oh gosh! Yeah, try. Yeah, try that. Utah, Milwaukee, Philly. Yeah, the,
0: okay, in a playoff series, I wouldn't pick Utah over the Lakers, but I, in the regular season, they'll probably have more wins.
1: Oh, because LeBron's gonna roll out in his wheelchair and stop Mike Conley.
0: I mean, is Rudy Gobert gonna guard Anthony Davis out on the perimeter and his dribble? Is Boogie moves? gonna guard
1: anybody? Who's gonna guard anybody on he y'all's might team? Not have to play. Oh, okay. Because y'all have KCP, or
0: he'll play. He'll come play off the bench, and he'll go play against ed davis like whenever ed davis plays you can send boogie out there
1: uh I we sure ed davis might <laughs> i'll take ed davis at this point
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe that i'm the one now defending demarcus cousins and you of are course you're gonna defend and... him no because i was the one that said he was done
1: uh, that's fine he'll kick it out to rondo for a three we'll see We'll see. Caruso is better than Rondo, and I'm
0: so glad that he's on the team. Quinn Cook's better than Rondo. Campaign is better than Rondo! I can't believe you're leaning into this. People wanted (laughs) to hear you so upset. What? Campaign? Campaign went off in the Summer League game. All right, I told y'all he was good! (laughs) Sources tell me that that is incorrect.
1: (laughs) Oh, I thought... I mean, Brian scouted him.
0: Why are you trying to deflect all this stuff? Campaign just had an incredible game, thirty-two points. I'm he not shocked. It doesn't change four- my
1: opinion. He went off in the fourth quarter. I said did. Okay, I will say this. Did you I not say? You do not want this
0: smoke, Isaac Harris.
1: You don't want begin, it at the beginning of summer league. Like, did I not say that he would have a game where he scores like twenty-six points? Yes, but I this like, is he's thirty-two points. Games. Isaac seven threes. I know. That's seven crazy. threes
0: and seven free throws.
1: He scored 32 points. So, if he scored 28 points, would that mean that he beat the 32 points?
0: Yes, because it's over the same amount of time, Isaac Harris. Uh, so, the Dallas Mavericks, they lose their first summer league game. It was it a close game at the end. They're up by 15 points at the, in the first half. Um, Anthony's Cleveland, 13 points in the first half. He was looking amazing in the first half. He is amazing. He's, Send him to training camp. However, in the second half, he only scored one point. So... Nah, he's just chilling. That was kind of rough. Josh Reeves had an interesting game. He had 18... Okay, if I told you this stat line, how tall Mm. do you think this player would be? 18 points, 10 boards, 2 steals, 3 blocks, uh, and at least 6 fouls. He got called for 6 fouls, but he definitely caused a few more than 6 fouls. Uh, That sounds like a center stat line,
1: right? That's like
0: Zion Jackson Hayes. This (laughs) This is Josh Reeves, the guard. Uh ten boards, three blocks two st- I mean dude was all over the place when you put when you put out there antonius Cleveland Josh Reeves and Roby that's like three sweaties with long arms that just are all over the place, and that's why I think the Mavericks are gonna win the
1: summer league title still still it I mean Josh Reeves on that exhibit 10, he's had a pretty impressive summer league so far um he's had he's had moments I don't know if I would say. He had had a good game today. I don't know if I've I think he's he's been impressive.
0: I don't know if he's been impressive.
1: I mean, it's like, yeah, whatever you want to to describe or define impressive. But I'm just saying, those two two way spots with Macon and and Costas, you know, those are the kind of the battles right now. And, you know, it's not unbelievable to think that Reeves and Roby take those two way spots over the other two guys. But that's still in flux right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Somebody tweeted me today and said that the announcers were saying that Reeves was on a two way contract. That is not correct as of right now. No. Um there's and they don't know inside information. <laughs> right? Like, um
1: Theo so, Pension just went back to the Nets. Yeah. I really wanted him in Dallas. You you thought he would be a steal? He would be a steal. I love that guy.
0: We can't just have every UNC player. Can we? <laughs> Do we have any?
1: Justin Jackson, oh, yeah. get off. We're about to sign Vince Carter too. Keep going.
0: So um, now you made me lose my train of thought. So the the two two way spots are still Coast to Santana Kubo and Daryl Macon, which Daryl Macon has been good. He's been pretty impressive in this summer league. That's I would say yeah. that. Uh, he, he's had s- such incredible passes in this in this, pre, in this uh, summer league, and uh, yeah, he's looking a lot better. He still does the thing where he, he, he rushes stuff. He still does the thing where he, um, you know, rushes into stuff, and that's sometimes why he makes he has to make these crazy passes. Um, but he's he's been looking good. Cousins and is not playing more than like fifteen minutes a game. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, they've been playing Roby at five. They've been playing like Whittington has been looking really good. Shane Whittington. He's been hitting threes and uh, he had some good passes in the game today. Um, this game though, Isaac. 61 fouls. Whoa. 61 fouls. The game was almost two and a half hours long. Mm. And there was at least four sh- shot clock, um, not violations, four shot clock malfunctions.
1: Did well, they fall asleep? I don't know. Exploring. who
0: was o- Whoever was operating it, either it was <laughs> broken or they just didn't know how to do it because it just kept happening every single quarter. Also- Mark Dex
1: is over trying to figure it out.
0: Also, Kristen Ledlow, I thought was a little rough at the beginning, but she really settled in and she did play by play. Oh, oh yeah. And I thought she was really good towards the end. And I was like, dang, the play by play people for the for TNT are going to be like Marv Albert, <laughs> Marv Albert, Kevin Harlan, and Kristen Ledlow. You imagine just those three people standing, and you're like, all these three people do the same job.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. she could replace Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. No, no she doing
0: play by play like she was. She was doing the real thing. Just crazy. It was awesome. She was good at it.
1: Huh. Good for her. I didn't get to see the game today because it was right in the middle of work day for me. And so uh yeah. Nick texted me and said, Don't check your mentions. I'm like <laughs> huh, trying to save well, you. I wonder what's going on. And, but campaign yeah, did go campaign. off though. He had a, he had
0: an incredible fourth quarter. Uh he was nailing, he be- He belongs in this league. He was nailing threes. Um He also in the same game, in the first half, he airballed a corner three Ooh. from the left side. <laughs> so that's not a good, not a good sign. So, but, um, yeah, Mavs lose lose their first Summer League game, and that's the most we've talked about Summer League, I think, so far in this. Uh, besides that one podcast that none of you guys listened to about the second just, game before the Kawhi thing happens. So, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, um, Brad Townsend sat down with Rick Carlisle. We got some interesting insight from that, so we'll talk about that. And then we'll get into Russell Westbrook scenarios. All right, Isaac. So Brad Townsend, Dallas Morning News, a.k.a. The Paper, a.k.a. Sports Day DFW, uh, sat down with Rick Carlisle, a.k.a. Mavericks head coach, a.k.a. Uh, not Jim Carrey, a.k.a. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting, and Brad tweeted this out from his article, it said extremely preliminary, which, you know, we we swipe aside. We don't care about that. Mavs early penciling in as starters are guards Doncic and Wright, power forward Porzingis, and center Powell. Most up in the air is small forward, with Jackson, Hardaway, and Finney-Smith the candidates. Today, though, Rick Harlow Rick emphasized to me that starting lineups will be fluid. So this is exactly what we said yesterday. We penciled those guys in as well, those four guys, and then the uh, the other starting spot is open. I think the, the little difference is that they see it as a wing player I think into that starting five uh, and maybe not a guard. At least that's not what he's, he's saying in this.
1: Yeah. I think the the big thing is just the flexibility and they just love the, uh, we talked about the positionless uh, NBA and just how Dallas wants to get to that. And <clears throat> I mean, even when you look at um, some national guys talking about not to go back to the Lakers, but like the Lakers crunch time lineup and what that could look like and the idea of just these teams being able to throw out a five-man lineup that can switch everything, and when you put DeLon right on the floor, it, it kind of goes what we were saying too—that everything outside of KP and Dwight, you know, those are your two front court spots. But one through three, it's so interchangeable, and people are gonna—that's I, I, one of my biggest pet peeves right now—is all right. So who's the point guard? And I'm like, well, like you can, so, you, can just,
0: it, you can tell who's like old nba and who's new nba like is in their following because today the the lebron news quote unquote news came out where chris haynes said that you know lebron is going to be the point guard and like half of nba twitter was like oh my gosh that's crazy and the other half was like yeah he's been doing it his entire career that's what he does he functions yeah. as the point guard like it's not surprising at all
1: i mean i just thought he was just trying to be like luca but but no, it doesn't matter about point guard and these titles anymore. It's just who can who can play in those one through three spots. For some teams, it's a one through four spot. But um, I, I liked what you know, what Brad, uh, Brad, um, Brad, in his piece for the morning news, talked about kind of it gave a little bit behind the curtain of the Mavericks' plans and how they wanted to land you know both Danny Green and Wright. And he says, direct word for word, he said the plans were to offer right a lucrative offer sheet that Memphis would would have been forced to match in order to keep him, and how the Mavericks were secret because secret about it because they didn't want to give Memphis the extra time to formulate a plan to match it and all that stuff. So it looks like that's you know that was Dallas's plan of saying, hey, we're gonna get we're gonna get Danny Green, and then we're gonna t- turn around with the money we have left from that, and then give. You know, after Seth Curry, and then we're going to hand a good portion or the rest of that money to DeLon Wright to where Memphis won't match it at that point. So, don't know. I mean, in that scenario, they walked away with one of them and just not the other.
0: It kind of makes the Danny Green offer, the offer that was out there um, with the third year non-guaranteed, that, that deal that everyone's like, oh, it's a low ball. It had to work in conjunction with DeLon Wright's deal, too. They had to be able to do both. Um, yeah,
1: well, I mean... <laughs> I guess, I mean, if I like DeLon Wright and we're we're building him up, but I would have much rather paid Danny Green a little bit more money and locked him in if it met.
0: Yeah, but we still even we still don't think the way that the Kawhi Leonard situation happened that he wasn't going to come to Dallas.
1: That's true. That's so, true. Uh,
0: the initial plan, though, I'm saying, was that they if they wanted to get both, then the offer to Danny Green had to be a certain amount. Uh, yeah. not, not that that could have gone up. We've talked about the different scenarios where they could get more cap, where they stretched Courtney Lee and all that stuff, but... Thinking of a starting lineup of Delon Wright, Danny Green, and Luca, I mean that mm. is that covers your basis right there. That's two awesome three point shooters. That's two great defenders well, on the wing. Well,
1: Delon Wright's not an awesome three point shooter.
0: Luca Luca and Danny Green.
1: Oh, I thought you was talking about that. Yeah, okay, never no, man.
0: Yeah. So Luca and Danny Green, your three point shooter. Uh Luca is your awesome playmaker. Delon Wright is your pretty good playmaker, and then your defenders and Danny Green and Delon Wright. Like that covers all your bases right there with those yeah. three guys. So that was it was a good plan, however it did not work out. Maybe they can get um you know, like he said Justin Jackson or Dorian Finney Smith to to fill in as <laughs> the stop gaps for those, but uh who, who, who do you a, think it would be if it would just be that those three? What? Starting on day 1. If it's Luca Delon Wright, it's Justin so it's Luka Delon Wright, Porzingis uh, and Powell. and then the who's going to start in the three spot?
1: See, I, and it kind of goes back to what Brad said in this piece. He, you know, Rick said it, they're leaving it open that it, it could be not to joke it's been a running joke on the podcast but um, matchups and how that goes back to the nerland's days of rick always you know, always say matchups but i think you can pencil those three guys in there with dwight kp and luca but then and after the, or in and probably delon right but what's that next spot look like we talked about it a few days ago if they're playing a smaller backcourt then i think you can get away with playing seth and delon next to luca but if you're playing a team that you might need a little bit more size in that's when you start justin jackson or hey we want to start a more uh defending uh two guys next to luca and then you put dodo and delon right next to him at that point so i think it's going to be all matchup based, and i think it i mean this is one, going to be one of the biggest battles and debates for people if they don't add somebody else of who's going to be the fifth starter because i'm with you on this and i i think delon Wright is a starter on on day one
0: yeah i agree if Coming from this piece, and then just you know what our initial thoughts were when they acquired him is they see him as a starter. I don't think they would have gone gone after him this hard if he wasn't if they didn't think about him as a starter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but Can't, yeah, that was that was the initial plan to get Danny Green and DeLon Wright. Uh, that might not be news to a lot a lot of people that listen to this podcast, but I think that was a good plan. I mean, I think that was a split in their aces plan. I think they're really high on DeLon Wright. They might be higher than us on him if that was one of their, if that was in their initial plans.
1: I love how uh, how Brad put it. I mean, I've been saying this a lot over the past few days about how much how Dallas liked him in that two thousand you know fifteen draft. Yeah. And Brad and put that that, too. that same paragraph in there. They 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 did they didn't like him. I know for a fact that they liked him. So uh, that um they are high on him. They're high on him as a as a person as a player. And yeah, and in, what in a bit in that town Townsend piece is you know his first three years in the league his head coach was Dwayne Casey Dwayne Casey former assistant coach for Rick Carlisle in 2011 championship team like we have ties with Dwayne Casey he says he Carlisle you know talked with Casey about DeLon Wright and the kid he is and the player he is and stuff so yeah they're high on DeLon Wright and if they're high on his fit next to Luca then I trust Ron Zoni and them on that so we'll see I, I'm excited to have His defensive versatility in that starting unit—it's going to be huge.
0: Another thing that I haven't, another thing I haven't mentioned yet about Delon Wright is that the Raptors fans were really sad to see him go. I, Mm I I always think that that's a good sign. If you know, like right now we're making fun of the Lakers because they got Rondo and Demarcus Cousins, and the Lakers fans are very upset that they brought back like Rondo and KCP. And there's a reason for that. They watch the games every single day. There's a reason why we watched all the games of DeAndre Jordan last year. And we laugh at the Nets fans now for giving him that huge contract for that guy. Yes. And the so Raptors fans were upset that they had to get rid of DeLon Wright to get Marcus Gasol. Now, they understood the you know that they had to give up something to get something. But they're sad to see DeLon Wright go because they thought he had potential. And they, they really liked him. And I think that's a really good sign.
1: Yeah, me too. And... Going back to his Toronto days, this is also a thing that, once I just look back on it more and did some more research on him over the past day or so, he played a lot of off-the-ball. And he played a lot of off-the-ball with Lowry and Van 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 Vleet there. And you know sometimes we have this notion in our head of uh, a guy who doesn't shoot the ball outside, you know, that well. That oh, they might not play the ball, play off the ball at will. That's not really the case for him. He played off the ball pretty well in Toronto off, you know, off those guys. But he, he also hand, handles the ball too. He gives you that secondary playmaker guy. And so, yeah, I'm he definitely has some steps to go. I'm not sitting there trying to act like he is, you know, an all star next year. But he is a good a nice fit next to Luke and KP. And the biggest thing is what he brings at that guard spot defensively is something nobody on the roster brings. So yeah. it's kind of like that bullpen approach. He's, he is our defending, you know, guard that is going to take on these big matchups every night. Yes.
0: Uh, interesting that he included uh, Finney Smith, Tim Harley, Jr., Justin Jackson. Those are the three guys, man, Mavericks just need one of those dudes to hit. Like just one. Can we just get one of those guys, Dorian to get his three-point shot up, Justin Jackson to, you know, stay consistent, Tim Hardaway Jr. to do a lot of things. Like they just need one of those wings to hit and then they're then they're an interesting team. Uh talking about, you know, potential playoff hopes. I feel like one of those three guys has to be good next year. Not just not just like, oh, shows flashes, but needs to be solid every single night.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the key to everything. We, Nick and I were talking the other night. I think it was off the pod, but we were just talking about Tim Hardaway Jr. and how I know we laugh about his contract, but a lot of us sometimes when we're forming these starting starting units and the rotation stuff, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, sometimes we look past him like because... I mean, a you know, couple pods ago, I literally just forgot
0: that he was on the team and didn't mention him when we were going through the depth chart.
1: Yeah, and if he if he could take a step forward, I know it's ask a lot, you know, whatever, but if he, if he could be a a, a good, yeah, I don't want to like, off the bench but, scorer. That's what, that's what they need. Yeah. And, and I threw, like I threw names out there to Nick. I'm like, what if, what if he reached an Eric Gordon type level to where he is a quality third, third or fourth option on a team? And, you know, that would be, Huge for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, do I think he's going to be Eric Gordon this year? Probably not. But that's the thing. I'm like, man, I wonder what if, what if Dorian steps out and becomes a 39 you know three point shooter. What if Justin Jackson is you know keeps on developing? Like, so yeah, take those three guys are- from
0: Dorian right now we take 36.
1: <laughs> Can I ask you a bigger free agency question,
0: real quick? Yeah, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's do a bigger free agency question. All right, Isaac. Hit me with your bigger free agency question. Also, you said real quick and bigger, so now I'm like, well, is this going to be a really long conversation? Is this just like no, a no, big no. broad question?
1: I, I just this is just a, a, a random question I didn't prep before, but I just want to ask you this: How would fan? How would fans? Okay, if Dallas right now said they were, it comes out and it's breaking news and says we have signed and traded Kristaps Porzingis for Carl Anthony Towns. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. How would the fan base react to that? Would you say the the off season's a win? Because then people are like, oh my gosh, Towns and Luke and all this stuff.
0: Yes, because as much as we love Porzingis, we have hope in Porzingis. Mavs fans have so much hope in Porzingis. There are still some question marks about him, where there aren't as many about Towns, as far as uh, yeah. there's the off the court situations that are still not figured out yet. There's uh, injury concerns for sure that are still there with Porzingis, and Towns ha- doesn't have those two things. Now, Towns has questions on the court. Uh, you know, he's been a- he's been a better rim protector this past year, but before he was awful. Whereas Porzingis has been a, a good rim protector his whole career, pretty much. Um, the shooting with Towns is honestly almost the same as Porzingis. He doesn't shoot as well on the move as Porzingis does, which is just what makes Porzingis insanely good—is how he can shoot on the move at that size. Uh, but, but catch and shoot stuff, like Towns is right there. He is so good at that stuff, coming off of screens and stuff. Uh, man, and then he's a crazy good rebounder too, so he he covers up that hole too. Uh, yeah, that would be a, a huge win, and I feel like Mavs fans would be ecstatic about that.
1: Well, I bring that up because if you would be just as excited as a Mavs fan and say this offseason was a win, if you, you flip those two, then why can't you be the same excited now? Because everybody, because in that scenario, the same arguments with, from a lot of the fans would still take place, right? We didn't get more people around them. Well, it, you gotta have more people than just those two guys. You got it's a. that's where I think narrative sometimes I was just thinking about that. I'm like, if we did that right now, there would be so many people that would be sitting there saying, Oh my gosh, we just paired Luca with towns. We're set. We have the duo. We're good. I'm like, that's where we're at now. Like we don't have like, I think there, I think
0: because of some of those questions, I, I still, I still feel like a good portion of people that I interact with as much as they're excited about Porzingis, they still have those reservations because of the injuries and because of maybe some of the, the off the, the court things and the requesting a trade out in New York and all that kind of stuff that they're kind of still unsettled about. It. As soon as he steps on the court and he scores 30, I mean, that's going to be gone. <laughs> but, it. but I feel like right now, I feel like that's still kind of there.
1: Yeah. All right. I don't want to go down that route too much. I was just thought about that and I was like, I'm going to throw it at you. Anyway, keep going.
0: He sucks. We should trade him. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Okay, so give me some scenarios for Russell Westbrook. You said that you're coming up with some, and you said you had the the best one that no one has thought of yet. And I'm uh, I'm interested to hear because it just doesn't seem – the more we look around, it just doesn't seem like any team besides the Heat and the Rockets, and the Rockets don't make any sense, are interested in Russell Westbrook.
1: Well, I mean, I think the Heat is the obvious choice. Everybody's talking about it. We've yeah. talked about it on this pod. Like, they just fit everything. They have – I think when you're looking at trading Westbrook from OKC standpoint, you got to get some type of value. I don't think it's not going to be just a salary dump. You, yeah. Westbrook's going to bring back something. So is it going to bring back multiple first round picks and anywhere close to Paul George? Heck no. But it's not going to be a straight salary dump. So like in Miami, they have contracts to match it. They have this expiring in Dragic. They have a couple, you know, these young pieces, a younger piece in Winslow who's under contract. They have a couple young guys and bam and Tyler hero. Like those two guys are a good young pieces. So justice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mentioned wins a little bit ago. He's like under contract, you know, already in this you on know, his extension.
0: Sorry. You caught me not paying attention for a second.
1: <laughs> no, but like those, I'm like watching they watching have Jackson
0: Hayes block, which is just, everyone needs to go watch that.
1: That's insane. They, they have all of the pieces to make that type of, you know, trade work. But And, you know, obviously it looks like they're going to work with Westbrook, you know, in good faith with him and say, hey, where do you want to go pretty much if they can, which I don't know if they're going to have that luxury, Um, but it looks like, you know, Miami could be that natural fit for sure. But looking across the league where if they didn't ask him where he wanted to go and they just straight up took value and made trades and stuff. I feel like a team nobody's really talking about that could make a run at it and it could makes sense on a couple different levels is Cleveland. Because if you send, if you send Westbrook to, they have the Jr. Smith contract that they still have them in the books. So they can, they can send back and it evaporates basically. You can, they have young pieces that they can send back. So what if it's a simple Russell Westbrook played with Kevin Love in college? Yeah. And you, and it already like that you're, you're, if you don't trade love, whatever it. Money-wise, if you sent Colin Sexton, um, Chetty, and JR to OKC, then you salary-dumped Larry Nance to Dallas, and then Russ went to Cleveland, that works money-wise. I love Larry Nance Jr. Who Who says no in that scenario? Not me.
0: I love Larry Nance Jr. so much.
1: Dallas takes on Larry Nance for free. Cleveland gets Russell Westbrook, and you pair Westbrook and Love together, which, however you feel about that, you still have Darius Garland. You still have the other random pieces in that, and they're not going completely down the tank mode at that point. They're a playoff team, right, in that scenario? Yeah, John Beeline all of a sudden went from, all right, I'm going to take this young team that I can
0: mold, and now he's like, (laughs) He's like, I'm going back
1: to freaking Michigan. (laughs) You have Westbrook, and
0: (laughs) Juwan Howard's like, out of here, old man. (laughs) Man, that that and, is an okay, interesting see, scenario. Okay, see sheds
1: their... No, keep going. We we our Skype lagged, so you... our
0: connection keeps going out. Um, that is an interesting scenario. I didn't think of the the Cleveland angle. Just it, but it because sometimes you think about these teams. You're like, all right, this team's not contending, so they shouldn't be in any of these deals. But I mean, that puts them right back in the playoffs, probably.
1: Yeah, you parent You're already paying Love. If you're not going to trade Love, then you bring Westbrook in and you let them play together. If you're OKC, then you get Colin Sexton and you say, "Hey, let's we'll we'll wing it." You know, with with SGA. However, you feel about Chetty, and you just waive the Jr. Smith non guaranteed contract, and there you did, go. It's pretty pretty much off your book. Did
0: you look if the Cavs have any picks? Because the Cavs didn't have picks for a while.
1: Oh gosh, I don't know. I guess longer. they could, but. Um, it's but it's not like, like the thunder need any more picks. Yeah. But it, like, if you go back to the, you know, okay. So the Jerry and grant deal, you know, I don't know how you take that. You can take that. And, and it, are they just, are they shedding Jay and grant to just get closer to luxury tax stuff? And they got a first from him with Denver, which solid move for Denver, just picking him up for their first yeah. this year, by the way. But yeah, it seemed
0: like that's what, what the Thunder wanted to do. I think I mistakenly on the podcast said yesterday they could get rid of Russell Westbrook and still be in a luxury tax. That was just, oh Lord. So I was exaggerating <laughs> on the podcast, but it was just way off. Um, Cause
1: they're only like 14 away from it. Right. Yeah, and now
0: they're really close. So, so, okay. Jer- Jeremy Grant was like nine something million. And so now they're close to getting under the luxury tax. Um, their tax bill was 40 million. That's what it was. That's the number that I got mm. confused with Russell Westbrook. Uh, and the tax bill, is different than how much they're over the tax because it like multiplies after you go over. You pay a certain number of dollars per one dollar spent over the tax. Anyway, hmm. um, it's been a week. Let me tell you,
1: <laughs> it has been a week. How long? How many days in a row have we did a podcast?
0: I don't know. At least two weeks. Because yeah. we're on we're on a fifteen day run right now. This is the most list downloads we've ever done. So yeah out. This yes. is awesome. But yeah, the Jer- Jeremy Grant, I love that move for Denver, just picking him up, sending a protected pick. So you, you know, you're know you not really losing anything of, of super value. Um, and Jeremy Grant is one of the stats I love from a video I did this year was Jeremy Grant is one of five players in the NBA last year to average at least three catch and shoot three point attempts and almost two, uh, field goal attempts off of rolls. There's like only a certain number of players that do that. It's like Towns, Horford, Gasol. Like Dwayne Dedman was in there. I was gonna say
1: Porzingis is about to be in there. Porzingis
0: will be on that list again. Uh, but yeah, there's like not very many. But he he is a guy that does that, those two things, and he's versatile in that way. And that's just a he he would fit next to Porzingis as that like defensive four, offensive five, where he can roll and he can set like stretch out. I would love love for the Maps to to get a hold of him. Um, Yeah, yeah, he'd be
1: kind of redundant with Dwight Powell, but I do like Jane Grant though. Except he's way better than Dwight Powell. (laughs) Um, all right, I'm gonna give you five players that could be that have been mentioned in salary cap dumps in OKC or Miami or some other people who look across the league, and you're like, oh, what are some other teams? Detroit's been mentioned in the Westbrook thing. Um, some people try to. (laughs) Some people's try to throw out Chicago as a possible Westbrook, you know, destination. So I'm gonna give you five players, and then let's just rank them one to five on which contract, which contract slash player you would prefer Dallas take on, in, in whatever order. Make sense?
0: Okay. So from from most likely to least likely,
1: yeah, that you would prefer. Okay. So we have Gallinari. Okay. Gallinari's expiring $22 million, right? Yes. We have Drogic.
0: Okay. We're very familiar with Drogic.
1: Yes. We have Steven Adams. Okay. We have Andre Drummond.
0: Oh, last. What, whatever last is.
1: <laughs> we have Otto Porter Jr. Okay, maybe not last. So, out of those five, what would be... Should we start at the bottom or the top?
0: Let's start at the bottom. Okay. Dr- I think Drummond. Drummond is way more money. Um, he bring- him, and, he brings- him and
1: Adams pretty much have the same contract. Adams is guaranteed two more years, but Drummond has a player option for that second year. He's probably going to pick up at that $27 million. I mean,
0: who knows? We saw Harrison Barnes turn down his, his player option, so anything can happen. <laughs>
1: that that no Harrison Mars is still a very serviceable player at his position and really good player. I mean Drummond is still a, a decent player. He's just I don't think he'd be a good yeah. fit
0: for Dallas and I I don't really like him as a player. There's a difference between liking a player and him being a good basketball player. We don't like Russell Westbrook, but we agree that he's a good basketball player. <laughs> right? Like very different. So Drummond, Drummond is due 27 five.
1: million this year, 28.5 so uh, the year after that. I mean what argument could you make for Steven Adams over Andre Drummond?
0: Um, better rim protector, for sure. Um,
1: okay. I think he's I would I say he hustles sh- more than Drummond.
0: Yeah, better screener too, I think.
1: No. I'm not so, going to say I he, act like I watched 50 Drummond games a year, so but
0: I keep tracking. I tr- I've, I've watched at least 5 games last year of of Detroit, which is more than a lot of people. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of Drummond. Stephen Adams is number 4 for me. I know this is going to hurt a lot of Mavs fans hearts. Um but that contract putting all that money into the center spot, you have to you have to include Dwight Powell into that unless they trade him. So now you're paying, you know, 37 million for for a center spot and I think this team at its best has has Porzingis at the 5. And mm. so now you're just completely like moving that. I saw somebody laughing. They're like, Oh, the Mavericks are so dumb. They're going to play Porzingis at the four. And I was like, first of all, you have no idea what you're talking about. So, so I unfollowed that person.
1: And then, um, <laughs> I've added so many people to my mutant block list over this past week. It's unbelievable. I have a nice <laughs> list going.
0: This is a, not like somebody that followed me or anything. It was just another mm. writer somewhere. And I was like, you're, you're a joke. And, uh, you're trash kid. And then <laughs> I was like, Porzingis at the five is the way that this team's going to, going to win the most amount of games, especially towards the end. So I don't want $30 million sitting on the bench. It's times auto Porter is three for me because you can, yeah, you can I agree with him.
1: Drummond and Adams. I think the three of auto Porter, Dragic and Gallup, man, I think that's hard.
0: It's hard. Auto Porter still is, he's making a lot, right? Like he's, He's making more. Auto than-
1: Porter makes 27.2 this year. Then he has a player option for next year at 28.4.
0: Yeah. So that's more than Harrison Barnes. And I think Harrison Barnes is probably better than him. So now you're talking weird situation there. Dragic uh, is number two for me. Uh, I, I picked, I liked guys that have shorter contracts. I want to be able to free up money. Sooner rather than have to wait for three years and be stuck with a contract like that. Um so the idea of Drogic, um, the Luca everything we've talked about with Drogic already talked about him so much. And then Gallo number one for me.
1: Okay. The shooting.
0: Okay. The shooting that he can bring. Uh, I think that closing lineup of Porzingis, Gallo, Luca, uh, Delon Wright, maybe Seth Curry, maybe whoever, matchup based they can throw in there. I'm, I'm excited about that.
1: Okay. Out of auto Porter Gallo and, and I'm, I'm bringing Otto auto Porter up because if Chicago makes a trade, you know, they just signed Thad young Saturansky, So then they're looking at Porter Levine Felicio. They would have to be sending out one of those guys and Porter would be the obvious one that they could do Porter and they could honestly do Porter and Chris Dunn and probably bring in Westbrook just off that. So, um, Okay, out of Porter, Dragic and Gallo, Gallo's the only one who doesn't start out of those three, right? I think you can
0: slide Gallo in as a 3. As a big 3. As a 3? No. Big 3.
1: That's a that's a big 3. I'm going to go this way. I would go Drummond and Adams 5 and 4, and then I would go Gallo at 3. Interesting. And then I I would go Dragic at 2 and Auto Porter at 1.
0: Wow. Okay, give me the Auto Porter pitch.
1: Just because I feel like that's what we need the most right now is that wing, and it kind of goes back to my Mike Conley, any of those type of things of, hey, if it's two years, if we're talking just two, over the next two years, this season and next season, next season's free agent class sucks. So if you're telling me – like. Otto Porter would step in right now as your starting three. He shot 40% from three last year. He's 25 years old. And I know the number is not awesome 27 and 28, you know, for the next two seasons. But I would rather, yeah, the idea, I would still love Dragic in any scenario because I would love him and Luka together. But especially with getting DeLon Wright, I think I would prefer like DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, Brunson at rotating at that spot. And then if you roll out Delon Wright, um, Luca, Otto Porter, KP, and and Dwight at that point, I, I think that's a solid lineup. I just think he would. I think him as a forty percent three point shooter on the wing would be nice alongside Luca and them.
0: Did the Mavs then go full circle with trading Harrison Barnes to get <laughs> to get cap space and then acquiring? <laughs> a Harrison Barnes type and auto Porter to with that cap space.
1: I think he's a little bit different than HB HB likes to get the ball and go to work uh, on the post mid range. Uh, auto's a little bit better outside shooter. I mean, he did shoot at 40% from three last year. So, and and not just last year, he shot 40% last year, 44% from three the year before and 43% the year before that. So, uh, that's a solid three point percentage over the past, you know, three seasons. So, uh, now, how making that money work because he makes twenty seven, bringing in twenty seven. You're like, all right, Isaac. How do we get to? Uh, <laughs> how do we get to there? That would, I mean, that would be you know the the bigger issue <laughs> because you would probably have to, you know, send in that if there was a hypo- hypothetical three team trade to where Russ went to Chicago, you'd have to you know try to include Courtney Lee and probably Justin Jackson at that point. And at that point, you might not even get close to it. Yeah, you get right at that 27 mark or really close to it. So that would be the only other way. Somebody like Dragic or something like that, it would be a little bit easier to take because then you would just have to stretch Courtney Lee's contract. But once you get past that 22 million mark, it gets a little difficult. So Dragic and Gal is a little more feasible at that point. But either way, I think it is worth mentioning that Dallas, as far as what is official, they made the DeLon Wright trade official today in their So that is, he is a member of the Dallas Mavericks. That still doesn't affect that 14 million cap space. I would, I would assume that the Seth Curry contract will become official at any time, at any moment, because anything outside of that, that's where, and the longer they wait, that shows you once again, we're going to keep saying this, that they're still waiting this thing out. And, based off like Woj and them's report, it looks like, I mean, I think Woj's direct report today said, you know, sooner rather than later for this Westbrook type of situation. So, you know, OKC's talking with people, Dallas with that, pretty much the only team right now with cap space, you know, they're in all of these talks. They have to be as far as, you know, with, hey, we got to call up the team or the only team with cap space and be like, what can we get? And my whole thing is, if we're going to get involved with the Heat stuff, man, I would love, love, love if they could somehow come out of that with BAM or Tyler Hero. Mm. That's if if they're like, hey, we'll get involved with this and we'll stretch Courtney Lee's contract in order to take on Dragic's 19 million. But you got to incentivize us to do that. You got to give us Tyler Hero. You got to give us BAM to help you pull off this trade. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I would love to walk out of that scenario with that. Would you be down for Justice Winslow?
0: Man, I don't know what to make of Justice Winslow. They were trying to use him as a point guard last year. And I, I don't know. Man, remember when he was on the cover of, of like SI with Dwayne Wade, and it was like him and Kobe and Russell and Towns and KG – and it was like LaMarcus and Tim Duncan. And they were like, wait, why is LaMarcus and Tim Duncan on there? <laughs> Justice Winslow, that, that's, I don't know. I don't know what to do with him.
1: Um, Winslow, Winslow is 6'7", 23 years old. Not a good
0: three-point shooter. In the,
1: 20, in the 2015 draft, he was a 10th overall pick. Uh, now, you say he's not a good three-point shooter, but last year he shot 37% from three. The year before that, he shot 38% from three.
0: That is surprising. How many attempts?
1: Last year he attempted right at four a game. Three point nine.
0: I am incorrect. I thought that. At
1: thirty seven percent. Now he ran he ran the point guard spot a lot. He did. Um playing him alongside Yeah, so like that's a if Dallas if they're like, hey, you have to take off on Winslow, if if it's a you know let's just say it's a, a dragic Winslow type of thing and OKC is like, hey, we would rather take on the expiring contract of Dragic and let him be our stopgap point guard with SGA. And they were say, and they'll say, Hey, we'll take on Dragic, a draft pick and one of hero or bam. If Dallas will take on justice Winslow and justice Winslow's contract is he, he makes 13 million this year. It's a good contract. 13 million, 13 million after that. And then there's a team option after that for $13 million. So I would do that in a heartbeat. if, OKC yeah. says we would rather take a pick and Tyler Hero instead of Winslow, and let you know would Dallas take on Justice Winslow? And I would do that right now. So,
0: yeah, Justice Winslow kinds kind of fits their you know defender, secondary playmaker kind of guy too. Um,
1: yes, my my fear, <laughs> my fear is if in this type of scenario Kelly Olynyk, Kelly Olynyk instead of somebody like Winslow, and that. That there's different ways for Dallas to get involved with this Miami situation with Westbrook and come out, I think, as a win. I think if you could pull off Goran Dragic, even though it feels like they've said no to that multiple times, I would. We would be happy with that. Um, especially after Rick's comments to Brad Townsend about Delon Wright playing off the ball and you know these not just you know him and Dragic could play together. If we walked out with Dragic, cool. If we walked out with Justice Winslow, awesome. If we walked out any of that and we got Bam or Tyler Hero, that's awesome too. So there's multiple routes in the Miami thing that I would be happy with the outcome. But Kelly Link.
0: Yeah, no, and I don't think I was – I wasn't as excited when you first mentioned it. But I would love to get Justice Winslow. I mean, I'm not sure what I think of him as a player, but just just the opportunity to get a guy like that with that kind of upside – you know, and the the heat seemed to be super high on him. He had he has a weird contract, so you're, you're like, how high are you guys on, on this guy if he's making, you know, ten million dollars a year? But, um, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely would love to take take him on. And I think Bam would be incredible next to Porzingis. Oh my gosh, that's like no the perfect that's the that. perfect guy.
1: I freaking love that. I just don't think it's gonna happen. He's yeah, their starting
0: he, five right now.
1: Yeah, I don't think they they gave him up in that scenario either, but. Yeah, and Winslow would fit right along with those other guys in these really favorable, younger, tradable contracts to where I would like his fit in Dallas, but also down the road you would look at having Winslow, Dwight Powell, DeLon Wright, Seth Curry, all of these guys on these super favorable contracts that you could package together later on too. So We just got to see it. Well, the Westbrook thing could happen tomorrow or it could happen in a month. We have no clue. Could happen right but-
0: now. Russell Westbrook traded to Toronto. <laughs>
1: But as long as Dallas holds off on the KP Maxie Finney Smith deals, as long as those are not official, then they're still working with some of that cap space and probably, you know, weighing their options on some deals. Absolutely. There you go, guys. And we could
0: not—I saved it to the end of the podcast. We could not have gone through an entire podcast today without a moment of silence. Um. In the Delon Wright trade, the Mavericks sent two draft picks. However, about shed a tear. There was a, a there's another casualty in the trade. This was a player that was well celebrated on this podcast. <laughs> he was well celebrated on a Netflix documentary. He was maybe the biggest thing to come out of the biggest country. He will be missed. It is Satnam Singh. He was sent, to, his draft rights were sent to the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's give a moment of silence and then we'll explain why he was able to be traded in this. Moment of silence for Satnam Singh and the end of Satnam Shame. There you go. So, Satnam Singh never played in the NBA. So, technically, he was never on a roster, so he never really played. So, they still have his draft rights. So, they could send his draft rights, just like a guy that never came over to the NBA because he never did play in the NBA. That's why. Somebody asked me that today, and I was like, that's a good question that I want to explain.
1: He's like Boban, except not good. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Just, really? Today? On this day of all days? (sighs) I have his jersey. No, you do not. I'm just kidding. I don't. He never played. How could I have it? <laughs> Someone's got his jersey. Tweet us if you have his jersey. <laughs> Did he play for the Legends, though?
0: Yeah, but you'd think that they printed out Mavs jerseys. That's true. Right? Like, they had to. Yeah. Right? Like
1: I, I was I was rooting hard for him. I wanted him I to know. have a shot and, like, to get in there and be fun. I love his story and everything, It
0: would be too. great if they just kept him around Boban.
1: Heck, we're everybody else that's super tall. Just bring him on. Wow, that's true. 14 million. Is Salah coming Sala. back? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Mavs
0: only have Mavs have 14 roster spots right now. They only have one roster spot left.
1: Well, they're gonna do hand 14 million to Salah. <laughs> He's worth it. <laughs> he is. Just, we love just him. Just
0: for his locker romantics.
1: <laughs> Remember that time he got mad at me? <laughs> yes. I'm not telling that story. <laughs>
0: Remember all those times we're sitting at his locker and he just. <laughs> He's great. He, remember before they even drafted Luca, he was telling us about playing with Luca when he was like 15. Yes. That was Yes, great. he
1: was telling us some wild stories about Luca as a kid. And I just remember asking him about, hey, do you think this Luca kid's going to be good? And that was so fun. That was a fun conversation. He, like, anyway. he, he gets these
0: huge eyes when he looks at you. And, like, when you ask a question like that, and he looked at it, he, he, like, swung around. He was, like, at his locker, and he asked about Isaac asked about Luca, and he swung around, and he was, like, he's so Luka? good. He's amazing. Like, it, he lit up when he was talking about Luca. It was so great. And that's one reason why we were super high on Luca. Obviously, we were high on him just by ourselves, but, yeah. be, but Salah helped us to, to see that. That's one of my favorite things liked.
1: to do, Loki, is to talk to Mavericks players about up-and-coming guys. Yeah. Like, when I would mention, I talked to Dwight Roger Powell because yeah. he's – he's a canadian talking about rj barrett and uh, just some of these guys talking about talking to justin jackson about some of the carolina guys because he goes back and play scrimmages with them and harrison barnes and those guys too like uh, i i like hearing their perspective of, of becoming guys
0: because yeah, they get to play with them we, we just get to watch them on television
1: <laughs> <laughs> correct so
0: all right there you go r.i.p to Sodom saying as a dallas maverick it, w- it will be no more guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps
1: Peace
0: out. Boom.